Hi, I'm Eric Glass from Workday. Welcome to the Work Talk podcast, where we discuss the most important issues facing your business with the most important minds in the business. With me today is Greg Pryor. Greg, you want to introduce yourself and your role at Workday? Absolutely. Thank you, Eric. Uh, my name is Greg Pryor, and I look after leadership and organization effectiveness here at Workday. That's a mighty title, Greg. I, I hope you live up to it in this conversation. I was hoping that the title alone would actually get me an invitation <laughs> on to speak with you. Uh, that was my whole my whole objective in uh, negotiating that title, was I mean, to get here. So let's, let's dive right in. Why are companies rethinking performance management? Uh, it's only been a couple of years, actually, since people started to really raise this topic. And now we see, I think the latest Deloitte study says something like 89% of companies are are actively looking at uh, reimagining uh, performance management. And if you, if you look at that, sort of even the history of performance management, it really grew out of sort of in an, a very industrial age. You were really trying to sort of find some small group of people who weren't performing. Right. And, you know, I just don't know of any business who can afford uh, the amount of hours and the amount of time that people spend in this space to do that. We, we really need to be helping our people be successful moving forward. I think that that's really the essence of, of one of the big differences here is, you know, you think about performance management, it just fundamentally suggests that, that you're trying to manage that person's performance. You're trying to, to, you know, sort of plan, lead, organize, maybe control. And, and that's just, just not quite as relevant in, you know, in today's world. Um, you know, one of the things that I think, in, and, and as I've done some of this work, is to take much more of a design thinking approach to mm -hmm. it and really put the person in the center and say, well, what, what would you do if your goal was to actually enable someone's success rather than to, you know, build a process that was looking to, uh, to, to prove them wrong? So if you think about it in the, in, the, in the context of performance enablement versus performance management, you know, you, you've sort of gone through what, what some of the differences are, but, but, you know, if you sort of look at those two names, what, is, what do you think performance enablement really evokes differently? To your point, I think there are really three things that are driving it. I think one is just the fundamental different nature of work. Um, work itself has changed, um, and we know that, and we have to build new practices to support that. I think the second is the use of technology and the application of technology. And then I think um, uh, there's also real big generational differences that we, that we know, and uh, those three things coming together are creating um, a, a real imperative to, uh, to reimagine performance, uh, performance management. So then big question, what, what takes its place? You know, I, I think that's actually what people are surprisingly grappling with. There are some people who are, who are just sort of abandoning things and saying, well, I, I know I didn't like that review or I don't like those ratings. And they're sort of taking a step back and, and walking away from things in general. And there's been some, some new research, actually very, very current research, that suggests that that's quite a dangerous thing, actually. And I think actually we're in a time where people are being really clear and saying, well, what, what should we do moving forward? What does that practice look like? And um, I think to some degree it's going to look different for different organizations. Um, there's really good and interesting research on what's called idiosyncratic raider bias, which is something <laughs> that I'm sure you'll be talking about at dinner tonight. Yes. But what we know is when, when we only get a rating from one person, um, actually the research would suggest that that rating is actually much more about the person providing the rating than it is actually actually on the rater, the, the, uh, the person being rated. Right. And so right. to the degree we can get more feedback, that we can get peers involved in, in providing more feedback, I think that will be one of the elements. I think we'll also move from this sort of episodic, you know, either once a year or twice a year sort of, 
big reveal uh, to much more continuous where um, the work of enabling someone's performance is actually embedded in the daily work that, that people do. And the third thing I think that will be true about w what's moving forward is um, that it will be much more about a look forward right. than a look back. I, I think it's sort of moving to how do you improve versus how do you prove um, what you've done done in the past. Um, that's, you know, the water under the bridge is perhaps interesting, but not not always particularly helpful in, in, in moving forward. Well, and I think that's also in more, um, that's in more parallel to the way that, that, you know, the business even thinks of itself. You shift from this idea of I'm managing a process or right. I'm trying to achieve an outcome to fundamentally I'm trying to help that person be successful. There's a an amazing study done by a very large pharmaceutical company where they very specifically measured the engagement of employees for one year following a fixed rating uh, system. And they found they could literally see that um, uh, following someone's rating, the engagement would drop sometimes for six or seven months following the engagement, even when people were rated at the top of the rating scale, a one on a scale of one to five, um, their engagement dropped for, um, for two months, actually, on average, because of this idea of, um, well, then I must be a this, or I'm only that. And so when we now look at the brain science uh, on this idea of a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset, having a conversation that's about looking forward that says, you know, this is what I believe you can do. You might not be able to do it yet, but even just the power of that word yet, I believe that you will be able to do that. Um, it just changes the way we're able to perform in really interesting and exciting ways. And um, that heritage performance management process really unfortunately marginalized a lot of people. Got it. Got it. And, and let's, let's just drill in even um, a, a, a step further on, on technology. <clears throat> sure. So I think some of the things that we'll see, again, from a productivity perspective, um, um, there's a lot of very good energy around looking at how we look at contribution goals, how we make those productive, how we look at actually helping people <clears throat> you know, be successful by setting clear goals. And so as we see that sort of baked into the technology more, helping you manage your time, helping you manage your priorities, helping you sort of pursue your goals, I think that will be an important component of it. What we know from the research is that people who have a clear set of goals, who pursue those goals, however large or small, however, whatever time frame they are, are just more successful. They're clearer-minded in what they're going to pursue. They know what those key results, what those milestones, what those objectives are. And it's an ongoing uh, discussion with, with their manager. Um, I think as we look forward, we'll see um, the idea of connections, of actually looking at one's social graph, if you will, the collegial relationships that you have, and actually weaving those in um, very clearly, helping people actually map their contribution goals to their colleagues or their connections. Um, and and to, that does two things for us. One is it, it provides a sense of who are the people who are going to help us actually accomplish those goals. Um, that is the way work gets done today, right. but we've typically not put that lens on it in the past, and so sort of this connections uh, lens. And then having those people, once we've identified them, be part of um, a group who gives us feedback um, whether it be on the quality of our contribution goals, whether it be on the capabilities that I'm trying to grow and develop as a, as a person, or whether it be on the quality of our relationship, I think we're going to see more and more of our technology and our tools um, helping bring those to the surface 
and allowing us to use that on a, on a much more sort of continuous uh, way to uh, help us be successful. So how does, how does compensation kind of play into this, you know, more continuous way of, of yeah, thinking? Yeah. So I've had the great, the great pleasure to work with um, um, uh, Dr. David Rock. He's a, a social neuroscientist and done really amazing work in this space. And, and um, <clears throat> he talks about um, that our brains scan uh, three times a second for five conditions. And that's status, certainty, autonomy, relatedness, and fairness. So status, certainty, autonomy, relatedness, and fairness. In the time I've said that, your brain has scanned for that 18 times. <laughs> um, and, uh, and what we know from a fairness perspective is that we actually do need um, a thoughtful, consistent way to pay people, to compensate them, to recognize them um, relative to their contribution. And so that is critically important. What equally we've discovered, though, is that the rating um, that we've historically had didn't necessarily do that. So my experience has been is that any organization that moves to a, a new sort of modern performance management process needs to be really thoughtful about how they do that, that they give just enough guidance and enough discretion to their managers to be thoughtful, to be fair in the way they do that. And then my uh, personal bias is to provide just enough structure to do that and then literally no more. What, what changed it for you? I mean, what, what really grabbed you about, about you know, sort of this process and where it's going? Um, I was working at, at, a, at a previous organization before coming to Workday, and uh, we were actually um, uh, sharing a, a renewed set of values, a renewed uh, sort of culture uh, to the organization. And um, uh, one, of, one of our colleagues raised uh, his hand and said, um, I love where you're going from a cultural perspective. And by the way, our performance management system is a violation of our values. <laughs> and uh, I, I jokingly say when we, when, the, when we put the defibrillator back on the wall after having uh, revived myself and, 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 our, and our head of HR, you know, I actually realized I, I had this sort of this stupefany that uh, <laughs> that it was so incredibly clear all of a sudden that you know that in, in fact this engineer was right that that the the heritage performance management system wasn't consistent with the organization's values um, and that at the end of the day what I realized was it actually just wasn't helpful um, when we began to ask people. Um, what, what was important? What, what helped you be successful? They, they were very clear and articulate about setting a set of things like, I have stretch goals. Um, I, I know what is expected of me. Um, I work with colleagues who I respect and who energize me. And they would equally say, what doesn't help are forced ratings and rankings, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, performance appraisals where I just feel bad about, about the, the great contribution that I've made. And, and feeling so marginalized, you know, so many organizations for so long had said, I, I have to have some percentage of ones and needs improvement. Right. And I can only have right. some percentage of fives. And, you know, I just think we're moving much more toward people require authenticity and transparency and, and just to be, be helpful in the future. And I actually think, you know, 50 years from now, people will look back and say, performance management, uh, giving huh. people a rating. <laughs> why, why would we have done that? Uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Those companies that are, that are ready to, to really sort of make that shift toward performance enablement, what would you say are you know, maybe the, the, the first three things that they really need to think about doing to, to make that happen? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. And I'm, I'm actually I'm, I'm asked this question quite a bit um, and, uh, and always happy to share this answer. I think the first thing is that you're intentionally moving towards something that's important for your company. And so that process uh, should not be a random act of HR. It should not be something that because I read it in this week's uh, you know, business week or, or in the New York Times uh, that, 
that this was important to do, or, or I'm embarrassed to, to share at a, at, a, at a dinner party that we're still using old school ratings. That should not be the reason. <laughs> so there should be some examples of why not to do this. You should first absolutely be moving towards something. So how do you enable your culture? How do you live your values? That whatever that practice is should be aligned with your brand, should be aligned with your culture, should be directed to, to, some, to some business needs. And so you're not just running away from something, you're very intentionally running uh, towards something. Um, I think the second thing is to be really open and thoughtful about um, what has not worked in the past and to engage people in the process of saying, so what should we do moving forward? And really use design thinking to be very intentional about, about what you should do moving forward. And then the third area, which candidly surprised me the first time I did this a little bit, um, was uh, it actually does require more training and preparation and communication um, with both employees and managers than, than candidly I would have thought. And so really being intentional, helping people through the journey, giving them, giving both managers and employees the skills um, to have these more thoughtful, more authentic, um, more productive uh, conversations, um, how to receive feedback, how to give feedback to others, and, and really how do you weave this into the fabric and the cadence of, of your business. Well, Greg, it sounds like this is, um, you know, this is just the beginning of what's going to be a really, really fascinating area to watch and, uh, and absolutely appreciate you coming on and, uh, and uh, chatting it through with us. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks again for listening to the Work Talk podcast. If you'd like to watch the video version of Work Talk, please visit Workday's YouTube channel at youtube.com/workday.